Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Gwen Shietta. Welcome to this episode of Life on Your Terms. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Carol Amarato. She was in the banking and investment world for 14 years. In 2013, she came to a critical crossroads after the birth of her first daughter. She decided to leave the corporate world to take the plunge and turn a hobby business into a second income. And that hobby business has exploded fourfold into what is now Kara's Vineyard Wedding Business. She unleashed her inner artist, pushed aside the corporate attire, decided to live by her values versus society's, and truly create a life on her terms. You know, give us a little bit of context about your your background and what you were doing before you started your wedding business. Take us take us back a few years. Sure, sounds good. So I'll start with college. Um, I went to a very liberal school. I went to UC Berkeley here on the West Coast, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I had this phenomenal experience there. I studied English literature and the entire community, the entire atmosphere is just so free. And there are, um, there's a lot of freedom to be yourself. And it was perfect because during those college years, which I think are so formative for a lot of people, um, it was just really inspiring and really invigorating to be in an atmosphere like that that really encouraged you to kind of step outside of the norm and maybe look at things with a critical eye and you're trained to have the confidence and know that you can do something different. Yep. So I <laughs> flash forward, graduated from college, and that's all big talk because what I did is I completely <laughs> freaked out, <laughs> right? Because here I am, you know, 22 years old or however old I was, no job, a degree in English literature, um, and I didn't know what what else to do besides go get a job? Because right. when you're in college, again, and you're on this college campus and your job is to go to class and drink coffee and have conversations with people and be thoughtful, you know, that's all fine and great. But when you graduate and get thrown into the big wide world, um, again, I panicked. So yeah, they don't really make a direct <laughs> link between English literature and no. what happens next, right? <laughs> no, they sure don't. They sure don't. And I was so in the moment and so enjoying that college experience that, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But looking back, I probably could have done a little bit more proactively to lay the groundwork for post-graduation. But I didn't. And that's fine because I got where I got. And that's fine. <laughs> well, when everybody else is in that same mindset, too, it's it's all about the thought and curiosity and just thinking about the world, not, not really thinking about all the, um, maybe all the other realistic things that go along with, with the job, right? Postgraduate. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like depending on your area of study, that can be, um, you know, if you're studying to be an engineer or go into the medical field or anything like that, you are naturally kind of pushed in that direction and pushed down that path of, making, you know, building blocks to the career at the end. But with my degree, it wasn't like that. So anyway, I graduated and I got a job in banking <laughs> simply because it was literally the easiest job I could find. Uh -huh. So what happened is I stayed in banking for, um, let's see, 10 years. It was wow. just about 10 years exactly. And um, tried out 
you know, different roles. I changed companies twice along the way. And the last uh, corporate job I held was for a span of seven years working at a trust and investment company. And I did a little bit of everything, but it was very, um, you know, wearing a suit to work every day, nine to five, clock in, clock out, um, corporate world. And isn't it amazing how fast, you said 10 years, you know, how fast that time goes by when you're just trying to get on your feet, you're trying to pay the bills, and you can also get sucked in, you start actually making money and and all of that and all of a sudden you look up and you say wow a decade or more has passed by it is absolutely incredible how quickly it all is exactly like you just said it's the blink of an eye um 10 years has gone by so um that's pretty much where things i got married in that last seven-year job um i met my husband dated for a while got married and had children and that's really when everything changed for me. And did you think you were semi-happy? And I'm going to jump into sort of the uh, the moment when you, after the baby, but were you, did you think you were okay on that path, you know, for a while? Or were you, did you feel like your soul was, was, was dying? Or did you, did you think that you were okay doing that? I totally thought we were fine. I was making an amazing salary. I was earning bonuses. I was getting promotions. I thought that everything was a-okay. We were taking trips every single year. We traveled to Europe three years in a row. We had an awesome time. And if you had told me (laughs) back then, if you had given me a crystal ball and said, in five years, this is what you're going to be doing, I would have been dumbfounded. It had literally never crossed my mind that there was anything but going to work five days a week and working so that you could have a couple days to yourself a week and then maybe a couple of weeks a year to take a trip or do something fun. Right. Drive a nice car, have the fancy vacation once Mm -hmm. a year to to Europe or wherever. And and that's just how it is, right? That's just life. And that's what you... totally sucked into it. Totally sucked in. (laughs) And then yet you started this conversation by reflecting on your years at Berkeley. So there's this this creative artist trapped in this business suit is sort of what I imagine that, that just sort of became really quiet for a while and said, okay, I I guess, you know, I'll just have to put that little piece aside and make the good money and and this is all good and and looks good, looks good to the external world and looks good, you know, to the parents and checks all the boxes, so to speak, of, of, you know, what society expects. Absolutely. And it wasn't until, and I will go into that a lot more, but uh, the baby. The baby. <laughs> the baby literally changed everything. I was completely unprepared for the way my view of the world would shift when I had her. So that, so, so we're kind of switching to that first of the five L's, which is this, this listening, that little, that little artist person inside of you wasn't going to be quiet. It doesn't sound like anymore after after the baby came. So tell us what happened. So you you had a baby. Um, you took a little bit of time off, went back to work, and something you realized something boom happened that you couldn't or, or didn't want this sort of corporate life uh, to continue. And what 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 spoke to you? I, I'm just I'm so curious about 
you know, we have these voices and sometimes we shut them off and I call them sort of dormant periods in life. But, but what, what spoke to you or maybe yelled at you? <laughs> like, I've got, to, <laughs> I've got to make a change. Um, so I took a pretty generous maternity leave by our country's standards. I left for five months. Um, and I had every intention on planet earth of going back to my job. Um, and I've heard this story time and time again, now that I am a mom and in conversations with other women in the workplace who've had children, um, it's like, a, it's just a tale that you hear over and over again. I had conversations with work at, while I was away on maternity leave and the, um, not even implicit, the explicit promise was that when your maternity leave is done and you come back to work, we want to be very supportive and very flexible and very understanding of the fact that you do have a child now and that's your top priority and you can be flexible with your hours, flexible, all of the, all of these things. And so I'm on maternity leave thinking, you know, okay, how can I wrap my mind around this? How can I kind of adjust in the coming months to going back. And um, I had a conversation with my then boss a week before I was supposed to return to work. And the conversation went along the lines of, okay, so let's, you know, hammer out this flexible schedule. What, how is this going to work? How is this going to look? And shockingly, the flexible schedule was no longer an option at all. It was, yeah, oh, big time. It was, oh, yeah, flexible schedule. No, 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 no. That's actually not going to work with, you know, the way things are now and the atmosphere. And it's just, it's not going to work that way. And (laughs) I felt like I had been sucker punched in the belly. Um, I was home with my daughter at the time. She was about four and a half months old at that point. I was home with her. My husband was going to be home from work any minute. And he came home to me in the rocking chair. Um, I'm like getting goosebumps and choking up because this memory is so vivid to me. Um, I was in the rocking chair holding her and just sobbing. Um, Because I felt so betrayed and it was this moment of what am I going to do? It was like, oh, crap. Like what I, I have not, I hadn't considered not going back to work. But in that moment, I knew so clearly that I could not, I would not go back and have someone else dictate my time with my daughter and dictate my days and my freedoms. And that was just absolutely out of the question. It sounds so visceral. Like you couldn't, it's not like, um, it just, it came from somewhere so deep within and maybe it's that, that mama bear or just that, (laughs) that creative, maybe a little bit of a, you know, the college uh, person coming back, but it just, and just hearing it in your voice right now. I mean, it was, it was obviously very strong. It wasn't like, Oh, well, maybe I can make this work. I mean, it just sounds like, boom, something, something just sort of awakened. Yeah, it it did. And when my husband came in and found me, um, he, you know, felt terrible and had no idea what I what conversation I had just had. And I was just shaking. And I said, John, I can't. um, I can't go back. Like, I can't. 
I will go back because I literally do have to go back so that we can kind of figure out what we're going to do here. <laughs> but this is not going to work long term. And then in there, you know, he's like standing up wearing his tie and holding his bag and I'm <laughs> sitting there crying and telling me, you know, just we'll, we'll figure it out. We will work something out. But um, it's like our whole world just shifted right then and there. And it's such a blessing that it did. And I think about this and I'm flashing forward a little bit, but I think about what if my boss had been understanding and had said, you know what, that's great. Come back, come in a couple hours later, work from home if you need to. I think, oh my gosh, I never would have had that moment. And so I am so thankful, so blessed. Does that, that scare you? Does that scare you to think scares, like, wow? It scares me to death. It really, really does. Because I don't know that I would have had um, the courage to make the move I did if I had not been that emotionally betrayed and that shocked by what happened. Sometimes it takes that, right? Sometimes it takes that. You know, sometimes the best thing is getting fired. Or you hear people saying that and, and you mentioned the word courage. You know, so it's how, which is a scary thing. It's like, wow, if, when the worst happens, you sort of say, I might as well go for my dream. Right. But what about all the people who had the boss, you know, who gave them the flexibility? And maybe, maybe you would have been, oh, maybe it would have been great. I don't, I don't know. Does something, but I, I hear from you, something tells you that if that had happened, if you had the perfect sort of balance, there was still something in you that, that needed to be fulfilled on this other creative side. And so you would not have um, kind of reached your potential. I don't know if you call it your potential or, but if you would have kind of just gone along, I mean, do you think that would have been okay? Or do you think you're, there would have been some piece of you that didn't get to be expressed? What would have been the worst thing about that? Well, the worst thing, hands down, because again, back um, when this is happening, it's not, so much in that moment, it wasn't even so much um, my creativity as it was my role as a mother and my daughter who was four months old and um, the, you know, the emotions that you have and a visual image that played in my head. When I went back to work, I was fortunate enough to be able to leave her with my mom um, who lives very close by to me, and she offered to watch Stella as you know I went back to work to get things straightened out so that I could finally leave. Mm -hmm. But anyway, this image that I had was of someone else with her all day long and pushing her on a swing and taking her to the zoo and eating lunch with her while I sat at work. And that was so heartbreaking to me. And I know that many women do go back to work and they excel and they thrive and that's fine. Everyone, you know, makes their own decision on how they want to do that. But for me personally, I could not imagine having this little baby and then just turning her over to somebody else. That wasn't something that felt good to me. Um, I wanted to be there to experience it. I wanted to 
be the one there with her going through those days and weeks and months because they are so ephemeral. They are so quick to be done and over with. And babies grow so fast. And anyone listening who has children, you know what I mean. And to me, I've always had kind of this, um, you know, you only get to do it once. You don't get to go 10 years down the road and say, yeah, you know what, I, let's rewind and try that again. I want to do that a different way. And so if my baby is going to be um, a baby, <laughs> well, she's a baby, but <laughs> if that's going to last for one, two, three years, I want, I want to be there. I didn't have her not to be there for those moments. So that was really um, my driving force at that time. So to think of um, not being with her for those years was really what uh, drove me. It just, and it was, and it was powerful. And, but here's, here's my question, my next question, Cara. So, you know, you could have gone to maybe another job, another banking position, maybe a contractor position or something, you know, part-time that was a little, a little more steady, but you decided um, to follow your passion. And, and that's the, the second L that I talk about, which is something that you love and jump into the wedding business. So, which, you know, and we'll get into all the uh, kind of the things that go along with starting your own business, um, which can take more than, than working for somebody else. But why the, why the wedding business? What drew you to that versus something else? Tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and, and what you do. Sure. So um, I got married in 2010. And my husband, John and I did 99% of the planning and the logistics for our wedding on our own. And we are both, thankfully, the type of people who really enjoyed that. So it was like, half out of necessity, because we didn't have a humongous budget that we wanted to spend on our wedding. We were more like, well, if this is the budget, then let's cut it in half and use half of it to like go on trips and do fun stuff. And then <laughs> Sounds good. The other half on the actual, you know, wedding day that's over and done with in a matter of hours. Right. So um, to maximize that budget, we did a lot of it ourselves. And we had so much fun to the point where when the wedding was over, it was kind of like, oh, that's sad. You know, <laughs> I'm going to miss doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm going to miss, you know, having my glue gun out and making crafts and being creative and spending time with my mom and my sister and my friends as we plan this and look forward to it. Um, So back then, uh, and this is flashing back a couple of years before I had my daughter. So I was still working that corporate job. And purely as a hobby, um, I continued to kind of do some DIY like wedding crafty stuff and sell it online on the side. And again, this is like very small scale hobby. Yeah, but it was uh, there. It was a, a something it was kind there. of percolating. Yes, it was there. That creative it was some- Berkeley girl. <laughs> <laughs> something I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed interacting with people who were planning their weddings and looking forward to it. And it was fun. It was just really fun. Um, so I kind of nurtured that as a side project or as a hobby project. So when we came up to this, you know, dramatic moment of me realizing that I didn't want to work my corporate job anymore, uh, the groundwork had kind of been laid 
for that business. So things became uh, a lot more, I don't, serious, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, you go from a hobby to a legitimate business. There is a lot of, a lot that goes into that. There is, but um, you saw some little, you saw some success that made you say, huh, maybe. Exactly. I'm going to keep going with this. I love doing it. I love the creativity of it. And I was successful at it. I was um, making sales and I was building relationships and I was really loving. I was enjoying it. Um, I was having a lot of fun with it. So I knew that that was definitely going to be a viable way for me to take that leap. Wow. And your and so your husband or no one said, wait a second, but this is this isn't a job. It's a hobby. Did you did you have naysayers who said, well, wait a second, is this really going to work as a as a business to replace your income? Because it sounds like you were you had the trips to Europe and you were doing quite well. And um, what what was sort of the reaction when you said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to do this full fledged. Trust me. So the reality <laughs> of it. Um, my husband comes from, as do I, we both come from, you know, families of very hard workers, um, very traditional professions. There are, he's a teacher and there are a bunch of other teachers in our family. Um, so there is not, we were not brought up with this entrepreneurial, you know, go have it, go do it yourself, go make it yourself, go work for yourself. Neither of us were brought up that way. So the thought of doing this was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we just felt so passionately about you know, what's our other option, John, that I go to work every single day and then, a, you know, a huge chunk of what I'm going to work for is to send Stella to daycare with, you know, heaven knows what going on at the daycare. Not, I mean, not dramatic, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You want to be the one, like you said, ha having lunch yeah. with her. So I don't want to go to work to pay to send her to daycare. And if I'm going to work every day and feeling heartbroken because I'm missing out on time with her, then what am I going to work for? We don't need to take vacations. We don't need new cars. We don't need to buy new clothes. We don't need to go out to eat ever again in our lives for the foreseeable future. If that's what it takes, we were totally fine with that. And it was scary. And it was a slap in the face of, you know, giving up a lot. But the payoff was so huge that we really, we felt that fear, but it was never actually like, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe we, maybe I should just go in and like leverage my, you know, use leverage at my work and ask for a promotion and ask for more money and like threaten to leave. And if I, I'll stay, if you guys do that, that was never even an option. Right. You realized it wasn't really even about that, that you, <laughs> and so what, like, what was your biggest fear? I mean, what were the things, cause we all have these things that hold us back, you know, and I picture when I, when I think about this podcast, I, I think about the person in their car driving to work, you know, doing that, doing that drive, maybe just drop the kids off at daycare, maybe has a fabulous idea or, or a passion, something that they want to do, 
but they're saying, well, I have this mortgage. I have this car mm-hmm. payment. I like my trips to Europe. I like my nice shoes. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to, you know, keep up with the Joneses or w- whatever. It sounds good to say I work at X company, you know, what were, what were, and this is the, the, the layers, you know, the third right. L, like what mm-hmm. did you have to kind of peel back and say, you know what, <laughs> that one's okay. I can deal with that. What, what was the, what were your biggest fears and sort of, uh, inward blocks or barriers. Yeah. So this is where that financial um, education and financial profession really came to work it, it, for us in our favor. Um, I was very meticulous. I had been in finance for 10 years. And so to run down and create an itemized detailed budget of literally, and this is kind of hard to wrap your mind around for the first time, but we literally stripped our lifestyle down to what we need. And you would be surprised by all of the things that you have that you don't really need. Um, and what we like did what? is... what? What don't we need? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need... <laughs> we, A facial you know, every six weeks? <laughs> pedicures, manicures, I mean, you name it. And don't get me wrong, we're not like hippies living out in a tent in the woods or anything. <laughs> but no, do you want to be, I, right? <laughs> I, um, we both just were really um, accepting of the fact that for a couple of years, and again, I'll say too, this is a finite period of time. So our children, we have two children now. I Stella was born first and I also have a little boy named John who was born just under 2 years after she was. Um but I think the what helped us along a little bit in making these, you know, cuts to our finances and cuts to our lifestyle is that your children grow up and guess what? They go away to school. And then as a, quote, stay-at-home mom, which I don't consider myself a stay-at-home mom necessarily because I do run this business, but my days are consumed with my children. And once they go to school, then I have my hours back. So it was always like, okay, we got this. We can do this for five years. And after five years... If we are so penny pinched and so miserable (laughs) and so needing a vacation and so needing a new car, I can go back to work. It's not the biggest deal, you know? And that's such an important thing, Cara. I think so many people, and we do this in so many ways in our lives, and I think when, you know, when you say, what do you need to do? To, what's holding you back? I think so many people do exactly that. They think they're going to make a decision, a change, and it's, they're, it's, they're stuck with it forever. So yeah. it's almost it's, makes it too scary to make that, that leap in the first place. But yeah. if you say to yourself, you know what, I, I'm in control, I'm making this decision. Uh, you know, there are these parameters, I can, ch- I can change. I, you know, right. it's, we're not, um, things aren't set in stone forever. And that, that right there is such an important gem to give yourself the freedom that, you know what, we'll look at this again at, at, at this t- you know point in time and, and we'll make a change if we need to or want to. Right. 
And I was successful and doing this was not going to delete my resume. It wasn't going to, you know, wipe out all of my skills and experience and um, employability, so to speak. So again, okay, the absolute worst case, the worst thing that can happen is that we literally can't pay our bills because I can't get this business, I can't maintain it, I should say, because I was already running it, it was already profitable, we were already making money with it. But the worst thing that happens, I can't maintain it, and you know what, shoot, I gotta go back to work. And I'm willing to take the risk to see if we can make it work, because like I said earlier, you only get one chance. You don't get to go back and do it over again. And Stella doesn't get to be one years old again. And John, our son, doesn't get to be a newborn again. It's never going to happen again. And so I'm willing to take that gamble. Any day, I wouldn't do it any differently. And I'm so, I, I, I encourage everyone to look at it that way and look at it not as you're not leaving for the rest of your life. You're not deleting your employment history and your skills and your talents and your networking and all of these assets. They stay with you. No one takes them away. Right. It's almost like I think sometimes people think like they're going dark. You know? Yeah. (laughs) That's the way you're talking. That's what comes to mind. That somehow you're you're going away. The lights go out. You go to try to start this business or or travel the world, whatever that thing is that you know is your dream, is your passion, and that all these other things just get wiped out, or that you're going to come back and nobody's going to want to hire you when. In reality, I mean, you're going to have a much more interesting story to tell. There's going to be Absolutely. things that you, right? I mean, that you mm-hmm. would apply uh, in 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 the future. So absolutely. So that so so those those couple things. One, you know, again, just being able to. You have some fabulous gems, Cara. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, you, you and I and I, I love the passion that you that you have about this. So you you left. So w- the way that you did that, it sounds like then was. I know you, you kept working for a while and putting a plan in place, it sounds like, and you were also very, um, you took those skills that you learned and were very thoughtful about how much it's going to cost, budget. I mean, you didn't just sort of uh, not ever go back to work again and start making your, your little placeholders out of corks, right? right. I mean, you, right. <laughs> you sort of, you had, you had, a, you had a, a plan. I mean, what, what would you want people to hear about that, about, about the leaping piece then? What, what is your sort of gem for that? We definitely had a plan. And if my old boss is listening to this, then <laughs> press mute. And I'm sorry, plug your ears. I, I doubt she is. But anyway, <laughs> um, I went back to work. And when I went back to work, my body was physically sitting in my desk and I was physically there. But mentally, I was a million miles away. And mentally, I was building my business. I was plotting my business. I was passionately, feverishly working to do all of the things that I knew I needed to do to get that business to a point where it was going to be viable enough to sustain us. So I went back to work for exactly eight months. Um, So for eight months, I was going to my day job. And again, I was in my own la la land. And I was taking care of just enough at work so that there were no fires and I wouldn't get fired because that was not the goal. Right. (laughs) I did not want that. And I don't encourage anyone to, you know, go in, charge in and 
pick a fight with their boss and try to get fired. That's not what I did. But I was very um, sly and calculating about how I used my time, um, again, while I was physically sitting at that job, but I was not mentally engaged with that job. I was mentally engaged with getting my own affairs lined up and ready so that I could leave it, as soon as possible. Yeah, it was it was a means to an end, but I bet you were still I'm cutting it. I mean, did anybody ever know that? I mean, you sound like somebody who you probably over-delivered and you still delivered and were able to to do both of these things at the same time. That's almost the funniest thing. I mean, it's not funny, but it <laughs> <laughs> I almost I I honestly genuinely think that um without going into too much detail, something was brought up towards the end of my employment there. I was asked to do a new job and I said no. And my boss said, you know, well, this concerns me because I'm, I don't want to lose you. And I'm afraid that if we, you know, keep pushing this, we're going to lose you. (laughs) I'm thinking in my head like, oh, I'm, I've been gone for eight months. Like nothing you can do right now is going to lose me. Amazing, isn't that? I just I have to ask you this. I mean, so you were a new mom. You know, you're doing this business, doing the mom, obviously delivering on your business. Were were you just? um, Did you find a new source of energy because you had this like end goal? I mean, how did you? Do you look back and go, "Oh my God, how did I do all that?" It is literally, I Gwen, I don't know how else to describe it, but I feel that way every single day. And it is literally the passion I have for what I do and for my family and my children and my business. I just, I really try every single day to tap into how that makes me feel. And it is the biggest rush to do a million things and have all these balls in the air and just... Ah, I love it. I love <laughs> the busyness. And so back then, it was the same exact thing. It was baby, business, go to work, pretend to be there, pretend to do it, pretend that I care, come home, do, you know, take care of the baby, put her to bed, and then work on the business. And then it's just, um, I've had, again, I've had another baby since then. My business has grown exponentially. And all I attribute it to is my passion. It is so energizing to me. And to feel like I'm in control of me and my time and my days is there's nothing like it. I, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it is, if, and that something, if people that are listening, that passion, and I can hear it in your voice, it's amazing when you are doing the, the things in life that fit for you, when you put on the right things in your life. It, the energy that you get, it's not, it's not tiring. It's not, oh God, I got to get through the day because I got to go home and run the business. It's, it's like you want to pop out of bed and you're, you're energized. And that's to be a, a benchmark, you know, for, for people. It's like, are you, are you energized by what you're doing or does it feel like a, like a drain, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because in, in corporate world, a lot of, um, you know, the development and the coaching that would happen within the corporate job centered around like 
finding your passion. But it's like looking back, it's almost comical because it was like, okay, here's your little cubicle and here's your job and here's your title and here's your department. Now go find your passion. And it's like, that is so not how it works. And little young me, yeah, no, 25 year old me is just like, hmm, Am I missing something? Is, like, is it in the drawer? Is like, my <laughs> passion, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's sales. I don't know. Like, shoot, maybe I, I got to go to another department because, like, I'm pretty sure my passion is not here. <laughs> I want to find it, but I don't, I don't know what that means. And now I get it. I know exactly what that means. And when you look at someone and they want to go to work, and they would do it for free, and they love it that much, that's because they are passionate about it. And whether it's a corporate job, or an entrepreneurial job, or a startup, or whatever it is, that passion is just, that needs to be there. You can't fake that, and you can't pretend it. And it I don't think it's going to work as well as it could if you're not truly feeling that passion about what you're doing. It's so it's so true, and I'm I'm picturing you like you know right now out in your your shop doing it the the work that you do, and you started the interview talking about going to to work and the suit and the banking. I mean, do you see? Do you look back and go like that? That you you didn't know what you didn't know. You didn't know what you didn't have. I mean, you were going and it was great, and you had the money and the vacations. But is this is this better? <laughs> This is so much better. <laughs> I, th- I think you knew the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> this is so much better. And the way everything has worked out is um, phenomenal. It's, it's really exciting to me. And I'm really proud of the progress I've made as a business owner and the confidence that I've, I've gained because in those early days, had you talked to me and had this conversation with me, I guarantee you, I was not where I am right now. Um, I was very timid. I did not know what I was doing. It was simply like treading water just to keep my head up and just to pay that bill and pay the bills and make sure I make enough sales to pay the bills. And that's like all I was focused on. And since um, my kids are a little bit older now, they're two years old and three. So I kind of have a little bit of more, you know, mental space and capacity as far as time goes. My daughter is in part-time preschool now. Um, So I've been able to really build my business. And it's exciting because as I can kind of put some mental energy back into that, it's fun to see how uh, you put in one and you get back 10. Oh, yeah. And before it was like, put in one and get back a half. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, know? it's like you better have enough money for that vacation, <laughs> because that's, that, that's the thing that keeps you going. You know, when right. you, those are the little the little rewards. And so, right. Cara, you have like landed, you know, we've, we've gone through these five L's, you know, the, the listening to yourself, you know, going after that thing that you love, working through the layers, taking that leap, and you have like landed solidly on two feet, and, and you're continuing to run. I mean, so where, where would you say that you, you are now and, and kind of what are you looking at? Because, you know, these, these five L's, it's like, you don't just land and then here I am. You just said your, your business is continuing to grow. 
um, what, what's sort of happening in your business right now that you're really excited about and what do you see happening next? Um, I, it's never enough. <laughs> you're, you're so right. The cycle is, it shouldn't end because if it ends, you're not learning or growing anymore. And that's not how we work. That's not how any of us work. Um, I am looking ahead in the next couple of years and I mentioned it earlier, but in two short years, I mean, it's crazy for me to even think about this, but in two years, my kids will both be in school full time all yeah. the time. And that is so wild. Um, it went super fast. But um, what I've done in the past couple of months is really kind of um, look, look ahead and forecast my business today um, and look at where I want it to be when my children are in school. Because again, I think you all could probably guess I don't plan on going back and applying for a <laughs> I was going to ask you that question, but it's, it's so completely obvious. You are, you are ruined for life. You're never going I back think, to corporate world. I think that was pretty obvious, but just to make sure. Um, so when my children are gone at school and I have a, you know, a semblance of a normal work week for you know lack of better terms, but just the time, literally having the, the time, um, what I've done is I've set up I launched a podcast in the last two months. It's called the Wedding Planning Podcast. Fabulous. And something I've learned uh, doing the wedding decor business is it, it doesn't happen overnight. So there's no magical formula. There's no big break. There's no big connection you make and it just skyrockets things and you're there and you did it. It's much more of a process than that. So what I wanted to do is launch this podcast now. And in two years from now, I look to kind of have built that up mm -hmm. um, and do that hand in hand with my handmade business, the decor side, do both of them. It'll probably look a little bit different than it does today, but that's kind of what I'm looking towards next. That's kind of my new venture. That is so exciting. Well, I'm sure it will be so successful. It's such a pleasure even just, just listening and interviewing you. And I think on your podcast, uh, and the format may even change, but, but just give, it, give us a little bit about what, what, what is your podcast about specifically? What do you do on the podcast? So what I, what I wanted to do is create almost like an online wedding planner for someone who's planning their wedding and super into podcasts, which it's a great format. It is such a good format to have on your phone, have in your earbuds. You can listen at the gym, in the car. Your listeners are doing these things right now, um, but not having to be tethered to a wedding magazine or a computer where you're looking at a wedding blog on your desktop or you're reading you know, a wedding planning book. And so to be able to take that um, content and take the ideas that go into planning a wedding and to look at all of the different topics and the areas that couples consider as they're putting their plans together. And then to do that in an audio format that people can take with them is kind of where I was going with that. And it's doing really well right now. People are excited about it. And that's 
pumping me up in turn. So it's, it's going well. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love it. All, all the best to you on that. I, I oh, know thank it will you. work very well. And let me, let me ask you this, Car. just a couple other quick notes as we get ready to, to sign off here. But you've, you've shared so many gems, but is, is there one thing, you know, one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's listening and saying, oh my gosh, I want to be like her. I want to take that leap, whether they're a, a mom, a new mom, or not, but just having that internal dialogue and afraid, you know, afraid to take that leap. Is there, is there one thing that you would share uh, above and beyond everything else? I would, two things, really quick, two things. Um, The first one is going back to what I said earlier and just really internalize that we get to do this life one time. And so if there is something that you feel so passionate about and that passion is there, then listen to that and pay attention to that and give it the thought that it truly deserves because you get, we opened up with this, you get into that job and then whoosh, 10 years have flown by. Um, you, You don't get those 10 years back. So if there's that voice whispering to you or maybe it's yelling at you, just tell yourself you you get to do it one time. So give it a try. And whether or not you have something, you know, in the works on the side right now, like I do, or you don't have anything going on at all, um, I'd encourage you to really take a look at your lifestyle and weigh, uh, you know, what, what really is that important to you and what you could maybe live without. And when you start there, you'd be pretty shocked at all the things you can live without if it comes down to making that financial sacrifice. I think that's excellent advice. And sometimes we hold on to these values that um, that are really society's values, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in that, that, oh, if I don't have, you know, a, a new car, I won't look successful, you know, and we all have to challenge ourselves to be honest and, and really look at what do we value and where do those values even come from? You know, are they mine? Are they truly mine? Are they just influenced from what I think I should be doing? Right. Right. And so let me ask you this in, in, in your own words. I mean, how, how do you define freedom now? And it's probably maybe it's different than it would have been 15 years ago. But how do you define freedom in your life today? I was asked um, a couple, no, about a year ago, I was asked uh, what my definition of success is. And to me, success and freedom are really intertwined. I think they go hand in hand. Um, and I would say that my definition of freedom is that when we have all of the things that we need, and I mean, we literally need them. And then we have some of the things that we want. And that to me is freedom. I do not have um, an emotional tether to a corporate job because there's a paycheck coming to me from it. Um, I work my own time. I am the bo- my own boss. I spend time with my kids when I want. I go to the zoo when I feel like it. I turn off business whenever I feel like it. That's freedom to me. And when you say need, you're not just talking about material things. You're saying d- diving in deep internally about what do you what you need as well, right? Absolutely. It's both because what I needed, I mean, yeah, you need to pay your bills and you need to eat food, of course. <laughs> but I needed to be with my daughter. I needed that so much more than my husband and I needed 
to take a trip to Cabo or I needed to go get a pedicure because my feet looked gross or I needed <laughs> you can do that yourself. <laughs> to get a massage because my back hurts. Like you don't need those things. You need to make yourself happy. And we talk, and that's, that's so important. So taking that, that inventory, you, you have been such a delight car. I mean, you've, you've shared so much, but I always want to give the opportunity. If there's anything else that you were hoping to share that didn't come out, anything else that you want to add? This was such a fun conversation, Gwen. I'm so happy to share my story with all of your listeners. And we did a darn good job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. I think we touched on just about everything. (laughs) And and then some, and then some. I learned things that I wasn't expecting to learn. You made me think about things I I, I didn't know were going to be shared. And that is the most fun of all when you get those surprises. Absolutely. Tell tell the listeners how they can uh, reach you. What's the best way to reach you, Cara? Uh, shoot me an email. I love personal emails. Um, my email address is Cara, and that's K-A-R-A at Cara's Vineyard Wedding.com. So that's the name of my business, Cara's Vineyard Wedding. It's Cara at Cara's Vineyard Wedding.com. Cara, thank you so much for sharing today. Wish you all the best. We're going to have to check in with you uh, a little bit down the road, and I'm sure you'll just be, that passion will be propelling you uh, ahead just as it is right now. So appreciate your, your energy and all that you brought to this conversation. So thank you so much. Absolutely, Gwen. Thank you for having me, and thank you to everyone who listened today. I hope I inspired some of you, and it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Well, everybody, thank you for joining me again for another episode of this podcast. I'm Dr. Gwen Shietta, and until next time, I hope you are inspired and have the courage to live life on your terms. <laughs>